Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Every um, week this, this month, we've been talking a little bit about, like, I guess this hasn't been a series, been a lot of standalone messages, but I guess there's kind of a common denominator, and it's basically been about... Um, the basics of Christianity. We started out fasting, started out talking about the seven blessings of fasting and the power of fasting. Then we talked about prayer last week, about these are, these are just simple everyday routine blessings. And today I want to talk about the word, this book. I'm a word guy. This is so hard for me to try to get all this in in a few minutes. I can go on and on and on about this because I've learned to be a lover of this book. And, um, I'm going to tie it together with last week. Last week, we talked about the altar. If you weren't here, go listen to that podcast. We've seen what God can do. But I listen to that message. I listen to my messages every now and then. I hate it, but I do. And I pick out, you may get blessed by it, but I'll tell you exactly what I, if I said something wrong, believe me, I caught it, okay? So amen. And I sit there and I go, but this time there was an anointing in that message and I kind of I got through the critiquing of it and I was listening to what the word was about the altar and it really, really was powerful and ministered to me and um, because it's God's word. Tie that in with this week about the word because during your altar time, altar time is a place where you meet with God, but I've often learned that that's also a place where you read the word. Bring your word to the altar, put it on the altar and, and, and commune with God and he'll speak to your heart today. I'm going to talk about the Word of God, but I'm going to title it, It's More Than a Book. Tell somebody it's more than a book. It's more than a book. Joshua 1.8, I could have picked so many scriptures. And um, I'm not going to get through all of this today, so going deeper, guys, tonight, you're going to really go deep. <laughs> and um, we're going to try our best. Joshua 1.8, Joshua has just lost Moses, his mentor, his life seems to be falling apart. The guy that he loved, his leader is now gone, and they're crying. They're, they're, they feel forsaken. They feel like they don't know, they can't go on. They're asking, where is God? And all of a sudden, God shows up in chapter 1 and begins to tell them to be strong, be of good courage. And then he tells them in verse 8, one scripture, he gives them the remedy of how to be successful. And it works for 2019. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Show me a scripture that I'm supposed to read my Bible every day. There it is. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So we read and we do. And if we read it and do it, then, everyone say then. 
you will make your way prosperous. And what? Then you will have good success. That's as simple as... That's why Jesus took a little kid and said a child can understand the things about God. If we would just read the word and obey it, God said, I'm going to show up. I'll show up and I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. But you got to obey it. You got to read it and you got to obey it. So, Father, we thank you for your word. I pray your blessing on our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and grab a seat. If you're taking notes, the Bible is an ancient collection of writings comprised of 66 books written over approximately 1,500 years, written by at least 40 different writers who did not know one another, and on three different continents, and they all tell one story in perfect harmony. Are you impressed by that? Sometimes we don't get impressed too much by what is sitting right here on our lap. It contains 39 books in the Old Testament. I've always used to teach it to the youth. I would write on the board, O-L-D, Old Testament, three letters in Old, nine letters in Testament, therefore 39 books to help our youth remember. There's 39 books in the Old Testament. Three times nine is 27, 27 books in the New Testament. 1,817 prophecies in that book. One, just, these is, this is what really just blows people's minds is, is the, how, the accuracy of a prophecy. For, there's so many. For instance, Cyrus was the king of Persia. He was predicted to be the king of Persia 100 years before he was born. And the Bible predicts his name. Go ahead, predict 100 years from now who's going to be the president of the United States. I mean, it's kind of easy now, right? I mean, it's like who can be everybody. It, it just blows your mind. But go ahead, try to, try to predict 100 years from now the name of the president that's going to be. Your Bible did that several times, predicted about Jesus. Jesus filled over 30 prophecies himself being born. He had to be born in Bethlehem. In order for that to happen, there had to be Herod. I, I give that decree. I mean, it's just blow. You go through the prophecies and it just blows your mind how real this book is that we hold. But it's more than just a book. It's more than just an ancient collection of writings, church, guys, people. It is, for the Christian, it is our, our lifeline. It is our manual to life. It is how God speaks to us. It's how God speaks to us, is through the word. It's how you receive guidance, how you and I will receive. How many need some guidance in your life? You need to learn to get, sooner or later, I say it all the time, if you're a Christian, sooner or later, you've got to learn this book. You've got to read it. And I quit telling people to read it, I tell you to learn it. You've got to learn it. There's a difference between reading and learning. You can read it, but then not really learn it. I can give you a map to my house. You can read the map to my house, show up at my house, but if I took that map, you couldn't find my house. But if you learned how to get to my house, you could get to my house from any direction. And sometimes we read the Bible and we get into a difficult time and we try to find something on Facebook or someone to give us directions. And we got to learn to be like Joshua is 
being told by God, hey, meditate on it so you can not read it but learn it. And like David said, hide it in your heart so that I will not sin against God. You won't go living out in crazy lifestyle sin if the word of God is in our heart and guarded and protected in our heart. Ooh, this is good. This is good. This is good. I'm telling you, it's the word that does that. The word is our lifeline. It tells us how to raise our kids. It tells us how to have our marriages to work. It tells us how to do that. Isn't it good? I love that. If we don't know the written word, we can't know the living word. If you don't know the written word, we can't know the living word. Who's the living word? Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. We're not going to know the living word unless we know the written word. When Peter was walking on the water, he began to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off the word. And we got to get into the word. We got to know the word. You got to become a word aholic. I mean, you should be so full of the word. If you're cut, you're going to bleed scriptures. I mean, you need to do that. Meditate in it. He's telling Joshua, meditate in my word both day and night. He gives four, he gives many analogies in the Bible, in the Bible, about the Bible. I want to just give you four today if you're writing down notes. In Jeremiah 23, God says this about his word through the prophet. He says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord. Look at that. Jeremiah said, my word is like a fire. It's, it's, like a, it's like a fire. Let me tell you something, how to get on fire for God. It's going to come by reading the word. I'm telling you, the word is a fire. Later, Jeremiah said he tried to, he got so discouraged with life that he tried to quit. You ever been there? He said, but I couldn't quit because the word was like fire shut up in my bones. Woo, come on, somebody. He said, I tried to quit, but I couldn't quit because I had a fire in me that kept burning and kept me going to seek after God. I don't have that fire yet. Well, i got good news for you. Second Peter comes along and he tells us. He says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Talking about the word of God. Until, everyone say until. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. In other words, he says, you keep reading the word. And if you don't get, if there's no fire, he says, keep looking at it like in a dark world. If, if we turned all the lights off and I lit a light up here, a lighter, your attention would focus right onto this light. You could not help but look at it. And what Peter is saying is in a dark world, when everything is going wrong, that's the time you're supposed to focus in on the perfect written word of God. And as you look at the perfect written word of God, the dawn begins to rise in your heart. Burning fires of God and the passion and the flame will will eventually rise up in your heart. Woo, that's good. Until, everybody say until. That's ready, I'm reading it, and it's not happening. It's January 27th, and I've been reading every day. Well, Peter said, keep going until, until it will happen. Darkness may, may rule the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm telling you, it is a proven fact. Listen to me up here. I hated reading in school. Hated it. Fell asleep every English class. Hey, good morning, James Markham, Eddie Markham here. In order for me to graduate high school, I had to take... Uh, all English classes, classes, summer school, night school, all English. 
in order to pass, because I had one English teacher. My mom even went to the high school and walked around to the hallways trying to talk my teacher into passing me because I wouldn't graduate. And she's just telling him, he needs to, you're the only one holding him up. This is the only class that he needs to pass. And he, and, uh, he says, excuse me, I'm not holding him up. He's holding his own self up. He sleeps every day in his class. And I'm not going to pass him until he can pass the test. And mama looked at me and said, did you hear that? I was like, man, I brought my mama up here and everything. You're, not supposed, you're supposed to be on my side. He said, it don't work that way. I don't pass nobody just to get you out of my class. If you're going to come into my class, I'm going to make sure you're going to pass this class. Hated that guy. <laughs> so summer school and night school, there I was. I became all in, in, in English in, in order to pass. I mean, that's just the way I had to read all them books and write. Ugh, why you got to write so much in school? Just read the book. Why are you telling me to write what's in the book? You gave me a book. Anyway, so... But when I got saved, I had that same bad habit. I hated reading. This is before technology. I got saved 21 years ago. This stuff wasn't around. You had to pick it up and read it. Or a cassette tape. That's it. And now we got it all over the place. And I begin to read. But as I begin to read, man, all of a sudden, it began to happen. A fire began to be burned in my heart. And I just was like, wow, I couldn't put it down. I was like a guy coming out of a coma. Proverbs 26.20 says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Where there is no wood, that was yesterday's proverb. If you read it, you saw it in there. If you don't put wood on the fire, the fire will go out. It has nothing to do with the song selection. It has nothing to do with who's singing, who's playing on the stage, who's doing this, what the lights look like, what does this look like. It doesn't matter what the preacher's preaching. It don't matter if we have longer sermons, shorter sermons, longer altar times, shorter altar times, more of this, more of that, here, there, here, where, everywhere, where, where. If you don't learn to put wood on yourself, your fire will go out. Come on, help me up here today, 930. That's what he said. The children of Israel, the priests, were commanded to keep the fire burning. They had one job, keep the fire burning. Put that log on there. Let me tell you something. If you're starting to get carnal and negative and temptation is just pulling you all aside, you know what's going on? Your fire is going out. Can I preach to you this morning? You put another log on that fire. Get into Hebrews. Get out of Proverbs. I love Proverbs, but get some Hebrews in you. Get get some James comes along, hits you with a two-by-four, says you ain't even saved. We're over here talking about eagles and all that. I mean, that's great scripture, but get it to Jesus coming along. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. You won't find that on a nice wall somewhere. <laughs> What's he doing? He's trying to get some wood in our hearts. Come on, somebody. Then he says in Jeremiah, he says, my word is like a fire. Then he says, and it's like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You know what a hammer is designed to do? We all know what a hammer is designed to do. The purpose of a hammer is to bang on things. It's, it's to knock nails down. It, it demolition, you knock a, I remember I used to work for this guy who owned all these houses. And, I, my, and he, we had to you know, put new carpet down. And I hated all that, but I love demolition, demolition day. Put your glasses on. And he'd say, there's a dumpster outside. Fill it up. Brother, we'd go swinging on everything, man. Fun. Knocking things out. Ambulance was called a couple times, but we were all right. <laughs> I love tearing it down. That's what a hammer is designed for. You'll never walk into somebody's house and they got a hammer hanging on a nail and a nice frame around it. Look, it matches the blinds. But yet we put it on Facebook, a scripture with a nice background. Oh, 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and, and do that out. But I'm trying to tell you, God is saying my word is more than just something that's supposed to be pretty with a nice, nice font and a nice background. My word is a hammer that can break the rock that's in your life, the mountain that's in your way, the rock that's bearing you down and holding you down and weighing you down. Use my word. Speak my word. It's like a hammer. It'll break it to pieces. Use it. Talking about authority. Everyone say authority. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. He's talking to us to trample on serpents and scorpions. That's metaphors for evil spirits and over all the power. Look at that. What does it say? Some of the power. All of the power, it says. All of the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at that. He's saying, learn to pray the word. Learn to use that hammer. You got to learn to, church, we got to learn to use that hammer. We're up against some things. This, the way this year's starting off, every one of our deacons and trustees in hospitals this week, and all of us were visiting people. There's just people that are this year starting off with some serious uh, bolos from the pit of hell, okay? You know what that is? Just, the enemy's attacking hard. And it's hitting in every area. I'm just watching it like, woo. But I know God has got a blessing, man. That's what it's all about. That's where he always fights hard is right before. Look what we're trying to do this year. Look what we're doing. Look at the snowstorm. Look at this place at 930. It's amazing. Souls are getting saved. Let me tell you. Next week, come to the 11th. Stick around if you go to the 930. Some of you 1130s are here. That's awesome. Come to the 11th. Stick around at the 1130 for baptisms and see what God is doing. God is saving people every week at this church. I'm going to have the privilege and honor to see my best friend from high school. Uh, Their family are all getting baptized next week, man. I've been praying 21 years for this family, and I love them. I'm looking to see if she's here because she comes sometimes to both services, Tanya. On fire for God, loving God, just loving God. Called us the other day, FaceTimed us in the middle of the night or late at night, and even she's having a Bible study with her family sitting there at the dining room table. Why? Couldn't get more, couldn't get enough of the word, getting the word in her. Come on, getting the word. I said, girl, you're going to blow right past many people in the church today because you're getting full of the word. Use, but use the word like a hammer. Come on, somebody. Then he says, it's also as a sword of the Spirit. We all know this. It's used as a sword of a spirit. In Ephesians, he tells us the only offensive weapon it's mentioned in the equipment other than prayer, which is a praying in the spirit. But as far as armor is concerned, the sword is our, the Bible is considered a sword. It's a sword that Jesus used to attack the enemy. You got to learn how to use it as a hammer to break things up that are like rocks or mountains. Speak to my, that mountain. Speak the word. Pray the word and it breaks it. But then he also says you can use it as a sword to cut and to fight against the enemy. But I want to bring it a little deeper today and tell you for a second about, about this sword of the spirit. It's not only a sword for the enemy... But this, this is also a scalpel for you and I. You need a scripture to believe it? I, I know some of you are looking at me like that. I don't have to show it. Hebrews tells us. Hebrews tells us. For the word of God is living and powerful. Oh, can we stop right there? It's, this book is alive. This book is alive, man. 
That's why you can read it one day and get something out of it. And then the next day, read the same verse and get something completely different. Because it's living. I was talking to two people the other day, and they were saying, man, we're reading the same scripture, and we're both talking about different things. They're, they're seeing different things. I said, it's because the Holy Spirit wants you to see this, and the Holy Spirit wants you to see that. It's living. That's what it says. It's living, and it's powerful. That's one of the four Greek words, powerful. It means energist. That's where we get the English word energy. Actually, you can get energy in your spirit by reading the word. Oh, if you're feeling down, that's why the enemy tries to get you feeling down because you don't want to read the word. Make yourself get into that word. Read it until the day dawns, like, like Peter tells us. I'm telling you, and energy will rise up in your spirit. But he says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Watch this. Piercing even the division of the enemy. No, soul and spirit. Talking about your soul. And your spirit. Then he gives us a physical analogy to show you how thin that is. And the joints and marrow that are in a body. The ligaments in that. If we all know it's like no room that are there. It's, it's like this. The ligaments and the marrow of your bone and all of that. It's, it's a tight fit. The Bible here says that's how your soul and spirit is. Your soul is your mind and your emotions. The spirit is the part that God speaks to, the part that communes with God, the part that becomes born again, that becomes awakened when you believe in Jesus Christ. That's who God speaks to. That's what feeds the word of God is the only thing that will feed the spirit, not the mashed potatoes that we all love and the steak and, and the chicken and the greens, beans. Here we, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away. Amen. <laughs> that we all love that. That feeds the flesh. Emotions makes us feel good. Thing, you know, roller coasters, some of you are excited over the snow. I'm praying for you. But there's different things that get your emotions, but only the word can feed your spirit. And he says, use it as a scalpel that can come in between. In other words, when you read the word of God, he's going to tell you that that part of that negative, carnal, judgmental mindset, I want to cut that right out of you. Woo! I'm glad I came to church today. When you read it, the Holy Spirit goes to work. That's what this is saying. When you read this Bible, the Holy Spirit begins to take that. You know it. You've read it. And all of a sudden, you get hit. Ooh. Ooh. What's happening? That scalpel's getting in there. That's why we're supposed to use it. But don't be afraid of it. David was like this. David said, search my heart, God. And if there's any wicked thing in it, cut it out. Come on, we need to be some people that says we're not afraid of the scalpel. We're not afraid of the surgery. God, do what you got to do if you, to make me more like Christ. Do what you got to do to make me more like Jesus. I, I'm tired of feeling sick in my soul. I'm tired of being burdened. I'm tired of having this disease in my spirit, this disease in my soul. It, it blocks everything. I try to move forward, and all I have is this doubt and this unbelief and this negative, critical thinking. This lust thing, God, is driving me nuts. I can't even look at somebody of the opposite sex without my mind looking at them the wrong way. I need your scalpel. Can you handle this this morning? That's what he's telling us. It's, a, it's just alive. You don't play with this book. This book is powerful. It's a sword. You don't give no scalpel to no little baby. You don't give him a sword. We're going to use that to let the word of God get into our soul and into our spirit. But let me tell you this. It's not a negative thing. It's a beautiful thing. We all dread surgery. When you come out of surgery two years ago, 
Yesterday, I got out of the hospital from a surgery that came out of nowhere. You guys know about that pneumonia and all of that. And I remember they told me about surgery. We said, no, 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 no. We were we dreaded. I was praying. Man, I had, everybody was praying, laying hands on that thing. And, and God didn't, there was no healing. And I said, okay, God, then you had to give me the grace to go through it. And he did. He gave me the grace to go through it. And you, those of you that have been through surgery, it's awful. You're in, I know all about it. It's awful. And uh, praying, and God would, I remember she said, my last words, she looked at me, she goes, okay, pastor, go to your happy place, count to ten, I got the four, and I <laughs> woke up and opened my eyes, there was my baby, my two girls, four hours later, and then the Atlanta Falcons was playing the Green Bay Packers on the, <laughs> true story, playoffs was that weekend, and I said, hey, move to the left. <laughs> I want to see Atlanta crush the cheeseheads. <laughs> True story. <laughs> they were like, wow. <laughs> no, but, but I got, felt better. I got out. The doctor said it may be a couple of years before you receive feeling on this side because you couldn't feel on my side. It was like feeling this table when you touched on my side. And I remember earlier this summer during the picnic, hot summer weather. I don't know if that did it. I believe that God did it. I felt sweat. I know it's kind of weird and gross, but I felt sweat coming down for the first time on that side. And everybody else was complaining, but I was shouting. And let me tell you something. If God's got to cut something out of us, it may hurt for a while, and you may not be the same for a while. Come on, somebody. You may be walking with a limp like Jacob did for a little while, but in your spirit, man, it's getting better. He's getting stronger. He says, now we can run faster. Now we can do what you, what you need to be doing because that thing is cut out of you. You're better. You're better because of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And lastly, he said, The word of God is like the bread of life. It's like the bread of life. We all know that Jesus said, my words are like the bread of life. He who feeds on me will live forever. It's the bread. The manna came down. God fed Israel with manna from heaven. Jesus said, I'm the manna for you in the New Testament. I'm the manna that came down. And he who feeds on this word you will live. This is how you are. You and I are sustained as Christ followers. This is this is what will sustain you. You can't go without eating long. You're going to get sick and weak and feeble. It's the same way spiritually. We've got to stay strong. The way this year's going and what we're believing God for and what many of you are facing. Listen, you've got to have the Word in you. You've got to learn to get that Word in you to feed, to meditate. Like He said to Joshua, don't just read it, but meditate on it. That meditate means to say and repeat out loud. You need to learn to repeat that word. Get it down into your soul. Begin to read whatever scripture that God pulls out for you. Begin to meditate on it and read God's word and, and read it. But this is what I want to show you about the bread of life. The problem isn't the bread of life. The problem is our desire for it. Look what Peter said. And this is the last scripture. He says, as newborn babes... Desire the pure milk of the word. Why? So that you may grow from it. He says desire. What is that? That's a choice. You got you to have a choice. He says desire it. Choose to desire the word of God. Do you desire and crave the word of God? 
You and I have got to learn to crave it. You got to learn to crave it, and you got to develop. You're born with hunger, but appetites are developed. You're automatically going to, a baby's born automatically hungry. But as it gets older, it will develop an appetite. It will, it will develop, its desires will change. You remember when you first got saved, how you couldn't put the book down? Well, let me show you this video clip from one of our underground churches in China. Where it's illegal to have what we're doing today. If you're caught with a Bible, they can kill you. They'll take you right out of your family. They'll take you right down. There's places like that all over the world. We've got churches like that. They're underground churches. Well, they smuggled in some Bibles. I want you to see how this, how this little church reacted when they got the Bible. They don't want to take it out of the plastic. They want to keep it in. I know the film's not very clear, but look at that. Oh, God. Come on, stand to your feet with me today. God, give us a hunger like that. We use this for a coffee mug holder at, work, at home. We use this. We take this for granted, guys. I just wanted to tell you today to become people of the word. You got to get into this word. Learn to love it. Learn to crave it. They just sat there and hugged on it and cried. I remember reading my word in the morning with the sun coming up, my cup of coffee there and reading the word. Couldn't wait. And from time to time, I got to check my heart and I'll say, God, I don't know if I'm that excited no more. And then he'll say, just read it. He's not there to condemn me. And then I start reading it. And the next thing you know, the fire is lit. The desire is going. And instead of one chapter, I'm reading two chapters. I got to go. I got things to do. But God, you're speaking to me. And I got a notebook. And I'm writing down what words coming out, what's happening. Like a newborn babe, I'm desiring the pure milk of the word. And you begin, I begin to grow. I begin to grow. I begin to grow. Listen, you got to be people of the word. We got to be people of the word. When people try telling you stuff, your, your reaction should be, let me go look that up. People telling you this and telling you that, or we did it this way, or someone's trying to tell you this. And Look at this video on YouTube, what this guy's saying. That's all. I've never seen the need for the word like we've got today. There's people saying all kinds of little things. Amari loves the word. Little baby's getting healed and touched by God, by the way, because of the word being preached and spoken over that baby. Ask Nick and Tasha about what God's doing in that little baby. It's, it's a, many of you know. The word works, people. The word works, man. The word works. You got to get it in our spirit. We got to get it in our soul. You got to desire it. Love it like those people. And you could go, by the way, I was going to show you one that was five minutes long in um, 
Indonesia. They had a whole ceremony celebrating for the first time the Bible was translated. They had their mayor come out and they had people dressing up. And I'm going, look at that. And we got to, oh, I got to get in the word. Pastor's going to say something about it. Okay, God, I don't even know. Or I'm just going to get my word from you from Sunday. Listen, you need it every day. You need it every day. Come on, can we just love on him right now? Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just love on him right now, right where you are. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the word, God, that you have preserved for us. You told us to use it as a hammer. Use it. It's so powerful. It's living. God, let us be people of your word, God. Let us devour it, read in it every single day. Create in us an appetite. Create in us a desire more for your word. In Jesus' name. Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 listen I want to open up these altars again we got time I'm just going to ask you to do this if you want to get out of your seat come on up and just fill these altars let's go out you need more of a hunger for the word of God in your life or or you just want to get more of God I want to have you come up we got altar team workers but I'm going to wait to release them I want you to come up everyone come up you need to come out of your seat you need to touch from God let's go out of this place Spending some more time in the altar right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come. Come on out. Just get into these altars. Lift your hands to the Lord. Let God put a desire in your heart for the word right now. Just let him do that. Amen. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Fill these altars up. Let's go out like that. Get in the altars today. Get in the altars this morning. Come on. Get you. Get in the altar today. Lift your hands to the Lord and just, just face him. Look, look up to heaven. Father, I, I'm going to pray, God, right now, Lord, that you would release a hunger for your word into this place, oh God. Father, many are fighting every kind of battle all around us. We need to hammer them, Lord God. We need to learn to use your word and speak your word, Father, for it's a hammer that can break the rock. Father, many need a scaffold today to cut things out of us, Lord, that's not pleasing to you, Lord. Lord, let us not be afraid to do that right now, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Your word, we hunger for your word, God. Let us be like David who craves your word. Your word is like honey on my lips. Put a hunger, hunger in our hearts, God. Everybody here, God, put a hunger in our hearts for your word. A hunger. Go ahead, ask him to put that in your heart. Go ahead, cry out to him. Go ahead, cry out to him right now. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus.
light that fire this morning. Let that light burn in the dark. Let that fire burn in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.